quack, 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 quack. Welcome back to D5 The Mighty Ducks, the show where I'm breaking down the Mighty Ducks trilogy five minutes at a time. We're on a hiatus, but in the hiatus break, I did promise some episodes. And then it's the first episode I'm bringing you is a special guest. And it's actually our first duck being interviewed on the show. And it's Matt Dougherty, also known as Averman. Matt, how are you doing? I'm pretty good, man. I gotta say, uh, Blake, that's pretty cool. D five, the Mighty Ducks, five minutes at a time. That's like a double entendre. That's like uh, clever. That's smart. That definitely proves you're not a hockey player because hockey players aren't that intelligent. Well, so, I appreciate that. That works I, out. I am a diehard yeah. hockey fan, so that that helps. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, so there you go. Well, that means you must be smart because it's a lot smarter to watch the sports and play it. And I can say that because I play it. You, know, you can't make fun of something unless you actually do it. Fair enough. That's why I can talk crap about um, football, because I played it, so I understand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it. Exactly. Exactly, dude. Exactly. It's like when you when you bag on somebody's family, you can't do it. If you're in the family, you can bag on it, but you can't bag on it when it's not your family. That's it's cool. exactly the same thing. 100% agree. So, yeah, that's cool. I like this. So you br- so you break down the movie five minutes at a time, but then you work your way through all three films. That's yeah. how I like it. I yeah, like we it. finished the first movie, and that was fun. I actually had David Newman, the composer, on the first season, so that was fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he yeah. was awesome. I know David. Yes, and uh, so we're getting ready to do D2 next, and that starts in April. So it's going to be... It's, so it's taking you longer to break the movie down than it probably was for us to shoot it. Probably. <laughs> probably. But you know what's fun about it? As I learned during the first season, everyone loves these movies. Like, everyone I've talked to loves them. So it, it hits at the right time yeah. for me. If you don't, a lot if of you don't like the Mighty Ducks, there's... If you don't like the Mighty Ducks, there's something wrong with you. I, I get agree with that. Like, my, I was yeah. um, going through D2, and my son, I have an 11-year-old son, and he came upstairs while I was going through it, and he's like, I want to watch this. I'm like, we will sit down and we will watch these. Don't let it argue with me. <laughs> yeah, it's like the cycle of violence or the cycle of generational anything. You know, if you grow up, you know, a Cub fan or a Sox fan, you're probably your kids are going to be Cubs or Sox fans. It's just same thing like now i watch the uh you know people that i've met who watch these movies and grew up watching them and i was like oh i grew up doing them so we have that in common but everybody passes it on to their kids now it's great <laughs> i know and i i think that's like the best part of like the disney plus service now is that they, they hopefully i haven't seen the official enough but these movies should be on there so like go watch them on disney plus with your kids i insist do it <laughs> yeah so, yeah, I think that's supposed to launch soon. So yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. They'll be the they'll be the Marvel universe, the Star Wars universe, and then the pot. Yes. You know, that's how it goes. The pond. Which, let's get into this. Um, before we actually get into the ducks, I was talking to a friend at work. And I, I, I close my best friend at work. And I said, I'm interviewing you. And she stopped for a second. She didn't really know who you were because she's not a hockey person. She never watched the ducks movies. And she's like, I'm like, what else did you know him from? So he looked you up. And she's like, wait a minute. He's in Home Alone. <laughs> I have to ask. Yeah. Bug me about it. Home Alone? <laughs> Wait, where did that come from before the Ducks movies? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's funny. It's like, it's like, do you remember what you did on your job twenty years ago? No. <laughs> it's like, like I love how people who are, you know, it's like uh, when you demystify the entertainment industry. It's like it, it was a, it was my first job. Uh, I was ten years old. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was, uh, yeah, I mean, I had lunch or coffee earlier today with uh, a friend from the Ducks, Elton Henson, and, and like, um, he, we were catching up and laughing about how between the two of us, we had like 70 years of experience in the entertainment industry, you know, because we, we came into it when we were just little, little tiny ones, you know, and like, that's nuts. Yeah, I can believe um, it. And, uh, it's, uh, but like, I, I just saw an ad in the paper, um, didn't like it was like in the Chicago Tribune. Um, the only reason we went to it is because my mom wanted to go to the mall downtown, the Watertown Mall in Chicago, and uh, it was for like, a, a Gary Marshall movie called Overboard, uh, which was like Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. They wanted redheads, I had red hair and freckles. I don't know why, I have no idea. I opened up the paper, I was like, I'm gonna go to this audition. And like I just told my folks, and they're like, the only reason we went was because my mom wanted to go to the store or something like that. And somehow I met Gary Marshall, and somehow I ended up auditioning for Home Alone and met John Hughes. And uh, I remember we were we were over at um, the high school, New Career, which is on the north side of Chicago, which John Hughes bought. It was like an old high school they closed down, which is where he shot all those movies at, the whole universe that all those you know, Uncle Buck and Breakfast Club and, you know, 16 Candles and all that stuff. Because And this was like, you know, these were, you know, when you're in the Chicago in the 80s and 90s, I was like, I mean, those movies still hold up. Yeah. And so I'm in the the high school where they shot Breakfast Club and that's where his office was. And I remember, you're like, that's where Breakfast Club is shot. We're waiting right here, man. And, um, and yeah, I just, I don't know, I just, it, the industry just kind of picked me, man. There were like four or five of us that were up for the main part of um, the Macaulay Culkin guy. We were all, like, waiting, and it was, like, I remember, I don't remember much, because it all kind of bleeds into one, but, like, Chris Columbus, the director, was, like, promising all of us that there's so many kids in the movie that every one of us would be in the movie, so nobody should be nervous. Fair and enough. I thought that was so classic. We were dealing with kids and dreams and expectations and feelings. You know, all the things that a lot of people don't think of, this dude thought, totally thought of. Um, and uh, everybody that was there was in the movie, and and, uh, and then I had a storyline. I'm barely in it, man. There's like a whole storyline of the family that was in France where they were going to visit. It was like this whole B story that they just cut out. <laughs> so that, that was in it for like three seconds, right? Oh, that's fantastic. I, I for like three seconds, let me see it. Everybody always picked on the kid. You know, there's a lot of redheads in that movie, so I'm like, no, I'm not that redhead. No, 
But it was interesting because it's such a funny story. It reminds me of everything I've ever learned on repeat in Hollywood ever since. <laughs> Which never works out the way you think it does, but somehow you get paid and it's okay. That's <laughs> true. That's true. That's a valid point. I've heard that before from people. That's a valid point. You never know. You never quite know. But Yeah, I think legitimately I probably should never have gotten a screen credit on that movie. <laughs> I remember like we were all like my family. My family, my family had rent, like my dad and mom were like, uh, like walked around like the neighbor, the whole neighbor in the block, and all stuff. We got all these people to go to the local movie theater, and I think we bought a bunch of tickets. And we, you know, like, and my brother worked at that theater or something, so we like marked it all off so we could have a couple of rows, and then we were all there to watch this stuff. And then I was totally cut out. That's amazing. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. That's really funny. Yeah. But she gave on a DB credit, so that's the way that that's the commodity of the world. True. Well, let's get to why we're here. Muddy Ducks. I, I have to ask from from your perspective, you're a kid actor. You're asked to be in a hockey movie. Are you a hockey fan? I know you said you play. Are you actually a hockey fan? If you pay me enough, I was. That was the way I. That was. The, <laughs> that's the golden rule of an actor, man. Fair I, mean, I, I, I can. I remember one time I got a, one of my first commercials. Somebody said to me, "And hey, can you can ride a horse, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, absolutely." I, I think I, I like, which is justify it because I'm like, well, you know, there was a kid in my little league team who left and went to the country, and there was a horse, and I touched it, and you know, I grew up at the horse track where you know my dad was that 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 counts, right? Yeah, yeah, I can ride a horse, and like. Um, uh, and no one teaches you. you. You just learn to lie naturally to get a job. And like, and I remember I was getting a horse, and I remember I went on a job, and it was this commercial. And my first time on a horse, and I think it was Jeremy Piven that was in this commercial. One of the Chicago, one of the Pivots was in this commercial. They were always in it. And, and like, uh, they were like a famous Chicago family, a whole bunch of them. And I remember I was on this horse, and I'm over like a gorge in the waterfall, and I'm like terrified, and I'm like walking on this thin bridge. Of course, now I'm thinking it's probably super wide, but back then I was terrified. But like that was my first time. This is what you get to lion. <laughs> it's the same thing when you do like we were like, oh yeah, yeah, I know how to play hockey. And, and um, <laughs> I, um, I think this is the funny thing is I think the producers knew we were all gonna lie. It was like this like, but they know it. They know, so they had already set up hockey camp. Okay, um, that's good. And so we we trained for like six weeks, which to this day is still one of my favorite memories of any movie set, TV thing I've ever done was actually just a hockey camp of the Mighty Ducks movies. We would do it every movie. We would get together. It was four weeks, five weeks, or six weeks. We'd go to school, which is where we'd like bank hours in school in order to like uh, go like almost full-time school and then play hockey. And then... Um, uh, and, like, it was great. I mean, that means, to this day, those are some of my favorite memories of all time. That's, that, that's amazing. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and I got to be pretty good. I still play, you know, and I, uh, I, a couple of the guys played college hockey. I could have played college hockey, but that's when I started smoking cigarettes for about five years. <laughs> and that would, no, which doesn't go well with hockey, you know? No. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I quit. But, uh, um, but I've been back playing uh, hockey now for a couple of years, and it's great. I love it. It's a great sport. It's, like, one of the you know, best thing in the world. Watching it, playing it, all of it. Well, that works. Well, I, I was I say that because, uh, by the way, that whole story reminded me of on Friends, where Joey Tribbiani once said, 
that you always lie when someone asks you a question for an audition. I heard that friends wanted to yeah. ask me a lot every yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. So, all right. Mm. Well, yeah, and every time you get in trouble, you know, I mean, well, that's the kind of funny thing about it was in the first box, it worked because we couldn't play. Exactly. You have <laughs> you to know? learn anyway, so it works out nicely. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> well, see, well, for, well, I will say though, because we were we we're all joking about it during the first season, that it felt like this movie came out right in the middle of they were in the middle of like doing like kids playing sports movies. For some reason, we don't know why this was going on like in the early nineties. Why do you think the Ducks though, with the hockey and everything else, took off like it did? Because it, it surprised me now looking back how much it took off. Man, it's those are such recipes that no one can predict. You know, that's the ugly truth of this, um, you know, crazy business is so much of it is up to chance. I mean, so much of it is uh, the timing. Um, but I do think that the quality of the movie, it's the, I mean, it's just so well written and, and like so well executed. That it lives up. I mean, I remember we were doing a 25th anniversary thing with the team, with the Ducks down in Anaheim, and, and there was this, you know, great moment where the team and and then our team, the real, the real, the real Ducks, us, right? Not the NHL players. Those guys suck. And I'm just joking. Actually, I am a Ducks. <laughs> you know what? Lately, they just uh, suck. So don't argue that. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, I I love the Ducks. I go. I I love going down the games and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm just saying. Um, uh, as an NHL franchise, they aren't that great right now, so you're good. <laughs> I follow yeah. them. I do but follow I, them. But, like, the, like, we were doing a a big event, you know, to celebrate the birth of the team and then the movies and all that stuff, and a bunch of us were watching movies. I think it was raising money for one of their their charity at the um, at the team where they actually do outreach amongst the community, kind of like the movie, right? Right. And uh, I remember... Like, we were all going, man, this movie. <laughs> Holy wow. This movie's good. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, so, I, think, I, I think ultimately that's what it comes down to is the test of a classic film is when you watch it once, do you want to see it again, you know? And, um, you know, I think that that's the difference. You know, uh, all, no offense to Ladybugs, but I, I don't want to watch Ladybugs twice. <laughs> sure. I think that was the era of like Ladybugs and Little Giants and like movies like that were in that era. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, Sandlot, Sandlot. That's Sandlot an all-time classic. Are, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're a rough lot. They're a rough lot, but that's a good movie too. That that one lives up. True. And uh, but I think it's always come as a writer. That's I mean I always I would subscribe that it believe that it comes down to the writing, you know. And uh, if I remember story goes that it was also like crazy fast how it moved through the system you know like which really? is sometimes when a movie gets written and then like I think when the movie got written they were all sleeping in the same one bedroom and like Steve Brill was, was sharing a one bedroom or something with Mark Maron and Peter it's like a myth Mark Maron Peter Berg and Steve Brill and sometimes Judd Apatow were all in the same building <laughs> together <laughs> right uh, right, right, <laughs> and like, wow. and and Steve, and Steve wrote this, you know, um, you know, looking back at his own youth, uh, he'll tell the story better than I would, but like, and um, I think he wrote it really quick, 
and then somehow got it to Jordan and then and John Abnett and like they uh it was like months. I think Jordan was like it was record setting time when they got the script to when we were literally moving into production. So Wow. <laughs> probably the reason why it holds up Disney wanted to buy a hockey team. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, I, you know, I, when I started the show, when I started this show, production on this show, there's a Disney podcast. I'll plug them, all about the Mount Disney podcast. And he wanted me on that show to talk about the franchise, the Mighty Ducks, how it became from a movie to a franchise. And I was doing my research. And I'm like, this is really intertwined. <laughs> this is so intertwined with yeah, the there's, there's a, you got you could you could do conspiracy theories because the cows run home on that one, man. All I know is that I remember waking up on a Saturday and my my old man, my, my dad is like, Hey, can I come downstairs? And that was like CNN was on the cable box, you know, that's when we had cable boxes, right? And uh and there it was. They were announcing, they were holding up the jersey and they were announcing like this team. I was like what? How bizarre was that? How guess, bizarre was that for you? Because that had to be weird. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just weird. It's like, okay, I guess we're making a sequel now, you know? Because uh, <laughs> now we got to have the new logo on, in the movie. That's what you have to do. <laughs> and then, like, all of a sudden, it's like, you talk about crazy experiences. It's, it's like, okay, so now we're doing a sequel, and... And we're meeting Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Wayne Gretzky, and I'm seeing all his fake teeth. And, and we meet Mike. I mean, what? What's, what is this? The second movie. I mean, uh, I rewatched it recently for pre-production, and I'm like, there's so many celebrities in this movie. Like, how did this oh, happen? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I couldn't well, believe it. Well, I think it. that's what the kind of theme was, that, like, that was the theme, right? That we, you know, you arrive, you get big, and then your egos make it bigger. That's right. what Gordon had to learn, right? Exactly. So, you know, exactly. Yeah, hype. And I think that's the other thing that makes these movies so good is they work on so many levels, man. There's so many... That's what Jordan does well. Like, Jordan... Like, we were... We were talking a little while ago, and I I had uh, I was pitching a project that was, like, a coming-of-age movie. And, like, there was an associate, and they were talking about how, man, it would be so hard to make The Mighty Ducks today. And that so broke true. our hearts. I, I've thought I've said the same thing. I have said the same thing. Like what kids movie? That stand covers... by that movies like Stand by Me. They, they like even with a Rob Reiner today would be really hard to make. And it's like, funny that breaks my heart. What kids movie in 2019 would do a whole plot about drunk driving at the beginning of a movie? Like the kids aren't in the movie for the first 10 minutes. It's all about this drunk driving yep. storyline. Like what would do that? No one would do that. Like no. No way. And and I think I don't I I I hear I don't have an authority, but I have never seen it. I only saw like early drafts when it was called Bombay, which is when it was it was slanted more and more toward that. Like I think the earlier drafts of the movie were were a little darker, were were like a little more bad news bear like rather than, you know, focusing on the kids. The idea of the redemption of this uh, you know, guy who who's lost touch with his youth, which is like, that, that's another layer that makes it so good, man. Who can't relate to that? It's true. You know? Especially like, as you get older. Especially as you get older. Yeah. It's so true. Well, I mean, there's like, there's, it's, it's got everything. You know? Yeah. And there's so many Mighty Duck stories. There's so many, like, Mighty Duck myth stories of like, it's like, it's, uh, you know, and it's just how, uh, craziness, like, um, and so much comes, like, so much of our generation's Stuff kind of began behind the scenes. And you think about, you know, like I said, Judd, we used to skate 
and Peter Berg would be training us because he was roommates with Steve Brill, and, and you know there was Jeff and Apatow, and, and like they were all, and then all of a sudden like Steve goes, "Hey, I want you to meet this guy Adam," and Adam was a stand-up comedian. It was Adam Sandler, and like, oh wow, it was weird how Brill, it's like everybody knew Brill. <laughs> I gotta talk to Brill. I gotta and talk was, to this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a character, man. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. I, you're talking about people coming from the movie. Did anyone expect Josh Jackson to become what he became? <laughs> Did anyone expect that back when the movies came out? Yeah, I mean, Josh is Josh is a super talented dude, and he's a good guy, and those things are, and he's good looking, and that's a, that's the combo, man. That's secret metric that's the secret sauce you know yeah true and like if you people if people if you're easy to be around and and like you show up on time and you can do your job without too much drama and and you do it well and you aren't too much of a problem and you're a nice person dude, you're gonna work you know and he's a uh it's like uh you know he uh i think dawson's creek was a big you know that was I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 37 years old. I'm a 37 year old male, and I'll openly admit I watched every episode of Dawson's Creek. So I did. Yeah. <laughs> I love that show. So, yeah, and he's one of the main reasons. The Pacey character is one of the main reasons I love the show. I think it's because Josh Saxon was so amazing. So, yeah. And Josh, I mean, Josh is a hardworking dude, man. I mean, he, you know, he's a guy, uh, um, I mean, he's at the, you know, juggling a, a TV show and all that stuff in the middle of all that. He goes and does a play off Broadway and, He's a, you know, he's a, he's a hardworking guy, and I think he still plays hockey, too. I mean, I, what? Uh, he's part me? of the, wow. yeah, there's a few of us. I, yeah, I play men's league hockey, and, and, and it's funny when the guys find out that I'm a guy from Ducks, and I always try to keep them in the rats, because I don't want to get checked. And, Fair enough. Uh, but, like, yeah, Josh, Josh was a part, there's a mythical, like, team of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of actors that play. We used to see Keanu Reeves, you know, he would play before us when we would train out at Pickwick and Burbank and where we would play hockey and they would be like, the guys playing before us. MacGyver played with us. Oh, God. <laughs> you a lot. Of, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, these are the stories, man. In my opinion, those are the stories. We're like, it was just our coach um, because he was connected to Hollywood hockey and everybody, that's the thing, man. Everybody wants free ice time. Anybody who plays hockey knows they want it's an expensive sport, so anybody who has actual free ice time, they all want to come play. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah. So anybody would be like, who's skating with the Ducks today, you know? <laughs> that, you know, again, that's something that, this is pre, I, I, I always joke about this, this is in the pre-TMZ era, so a lot of this stuff isn't known. Like, a lot of this stuff isn't yeah. known at all. Like, we're nowadays, this would be, like, all over the place. <laughs> yeah, which uh, which is, which is a whole other conversation. <laughs> true. Yeah. true, 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 true. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, sometimes I feel like uh, all of that is just uh, doesn't help us at all. You know. Oh no, I agree. So I, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I miss the pre-TMZ days. I'm not gonna lie, I do. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nuts. It's kind. Yeah, it's kind of nuts how uh, the real case should be Kevin Bacon degrees of separation, but it really should be Steve Brill <laughs> for any movie <laughs> '90s and on. It should all come down to what's your Steve Brill number. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's, that's fantastic. Well, mm-hmm. we've, been, we've been jumping around things here. I was going to say, I, I, I personally, D2, I think that's one of the best movies in the trilogy. The big best trilogy in the trilogy by far. And I actually always joke, I think Miracle came out and they did the whole like Miracle. And I think, I still say D2 is a better movie. And I love Miracle. 
Oh yeah. D two. I mean, a the Miracle's movie. a good movie. Yeah, the D two's are way better. I mean, I, I the Miracle's good, but I, I actually like the, the HBO documentary better. Yes, but, uh, yes I, the, love uh, I love that. I love that. But yeah, the um, it's maybe I'm just a patriotic. D two is maybe I'm just very patriotic. But I, I that like that movie's amazing. Like it's just a great story, and the fact that you did like you didn't do the Russia thing, it works so well. You know. Yeah, Island, Island, Island. But, but I will say that that movie taught a, a, a whole shitload of people my age that Iceland is green and Greenland is filled with ice. <laughs> it's one of the most yeah. quotable lines from that movie to this day. <laughs> Yeah, which yeah. I think is an old Viking thing uh, oh, in order to try to to send people toward Greenland because they didn't want because they knew their own people, which they raped and pillaged, so they'd send them to Greenland in order <laughs> to like protect their beautiful island. <laughs> no, go rape and pillage over here. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Oh my god. That's it all. That's the old. That's the old Viking uh, story. Uh. That's funny. That's really funny. Okay, I I have to ask as a as a hockey guy. How crazy was it and cool was it for you guys to open up the Arrowhead Pond filming the movie on the ice first before even any game was played? Uh, I think Jordan put it perfectly. We were down in, uh, and now it's called the Honda Center, right? We yes. were down there uh, doing some some of that 25th anniversary. I think the owner or somebody really high up was like meeting Jordan and they were talking. And I remember Jordan was like, yeah, I, 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 I remember I had my office here. Or anyone else did. It was just this triple OG move where he's like, "Yeah, I have my office here." <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is my build. I built this building, dude. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know it, what? it was so cool. It was it was so cool. I was like, he. I mean, he's such a uh, like like chill, awesome, wonderful guy, and I. He's been a dear friend for a long time, and I just couldn't laugh. But going like, yeah, you're right. He did kind of build this building. You know, you know uh, that first movie, you yeah. ducks built that move, built that building. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the uh, um, and like uh, it was um, I mean, it's a surreal experience. They, I remember, uh, I've told the story a million times, but I love hearing it, so I'll Go tell it again. <laughs> but I remember Jack White, who was our coach. Uh, he was our real coach, our real Bombay, okay. who trained us. And Jack's a great guy. And, he, uh, his job is to, you know, get actors who lied to become hockey players to learn to be hockey players <laughs> in, in a short time. Um, like Hollywood has the dude who's like a former Navy SEAL who teaches soldiers, to actors to look like soldiers and act tough, right? Right. So Hollywood has these specialists, right? And this is this was Jack's thing. And, uh, and then Mike Kelly was one of his guys. Named. Now Mike, Mike is the guy. I don't know if Mike still does it, but they, uh, um, but Jack... Jack was a very persuasive. He is a very persuasive fucking dude, and he like got the director and the producer and the production man. And this is the most stressed day on the whole movie set. We had one day when it was going to be packed at the pond. Right? They had radio announcements. There were like twelve thousand people there because they wanted to get shots of the whole crowd. Other than that, we had cardboard cutouts which we just kind of moved around, right? <laughs> you know, for the audience. <laughs> but this was the day where they had like 10 cameras, Michael Eisner was going to be there, Entertainment Tonight, it was like one of these days, it was like, the stress level for the amount of money they must have been investing was like crazy, you know, like, but Jack had somehow convinced them on this tight schedule to let us scrimmage. Oh my God. And, <laughs> um, 
to convince the higher ups that if they gave us ten minutes where we played against Eastland, right? All right. <laughs> and not uh, not the doubles. Actually, both of us. They let the doubles play for ten minutes. That was really cool. To me, like the guys who were like you know the guys who covered us who really knew what the hell they were doing, and right. us. Each of us had like a few minutes to play. That's awesome. And they just would get the audience natural reactions. And um, he uh, let him do it. And he convinced them by saying the audience would have great natural reactions because they'd be watching a game. Like, that's a great idea. So that's what we did. And uh, we got out there, and I got to play. I come out over the boards, and we were playing in front of all these people. You feel like an NHL star, you know? Yeah. And I score a goal. I actually score a goal that goes in the net on a breakaway <laughs> or something. Um, and, um, and I never – I felt like – like a gladiator. <laughs> That's crazy. And uh, I saw that gladiator. And then afterwards, we found out that that was a pretty easy goal. It felt like the goalie like dove the wrong way. It's because Jack had told everybody on Iceland to take a dive and make us look good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So, yeah. yeah, that was a day. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that was a crazy day, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, after success at D2. Did you actually expect there to be a third movie? Honestly, because <laughs> I did not expect them to actually say we're doing D three. Okay, what, did you expect them to do that? Well, I mean, I mean, it's it's trilogy, man. The comments are funny. So, True. <laughs> um, I didn't. I mean, we. I think we all had like three picture deals, which was no one ever thought they'd ever exercise, and um, but uh. Yeah, and I've I've had some people, and I agree that the third one's a really good movie too. Uh, it's just it's got a different tone, you know. It does it's about us growing up. You know? It's a college movie, really. At the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> but no, I I agree. Yeah. It is a better movie than people give it credit for. But still, it's definitely not D D two. That's the thing. It's not as it's not as bad as Godfather three. It's not. It's not like true. You know, That's valid. <laughs> That's valid. I can't argue that point. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas two I, is like Godfather two that almost is good as, as one, right? I could agree with that. I could agree with that hundred percent. What any memories with the third movie? Because like I said the first two movies were so crazy. What were your memories with the third one? Uh, oh man, just how much fun we had. I mean, by then we were <laughs> we were obnoxious. I mean, we were seven. I mean, I was sixteen, seventeen. I was seventeen years old. Wow. Uh, I mean, we were teenagers, dude. We were teenagers um, on movie sets during the summer, not having to go to school. Oh <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, I, 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 I mean, um, I remember. I think some of the most fun on that was meeting Michael Cudlitz and Jeff Nordling, who are still friends to this day. You know, they uh, and those were two guys who. Um, it's the same thing with Katie Irby on the second docs who played our coach as uh, right. our teacher. These were, these were, these were real artists who made a life in the arts, you know, like they were theater artists, you know, Katie was a company member at Steppenwolf in Chicago and Jeff and Mike were like, you know, lifers. And they saw me, this kid, like reading books about acting and writing. And so they, independently like in you know um, it's funny because i thought they were so much older than me now now i'm like they're like we're all peers but like when you're a teenager it's like totally different and right. um, the uh, 
they like took me under their wing. I remember Katie after the movie wrap took me to Steppenwolf in Chicago, and I got to go backstage, and and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to devote my life to this. And um, and the same thing with Cudlitz and, and Norton. Like, like Jeff is who just he's on. He was on you know Big Little Eyes and or Pretty Little Eyes, whatever that was. And he's a great guy, a great actor. And, you know, he's reading my new play, and and we're like, uh, you know, he's just just thinking like way back when these people didn't know it, but they were making huge differences in my life, getting me to go study the arts, study writing, um, leave the business, um, invent myself. Uh, so I think when you ask that question, you know, I'm not going to give you any exploits. I'm just going to say that those people, you know, saved my life, saved my direction, maybe the person I am today. Fair enough. Well, I, I will ask you, what are you up to nowadays? Outside of obviously playing hockey, what are you up to nowadays? Uh, all kinds of things, man. It was a myth that everybody thinks that, like, you can't IMDB, you know, there's a, what I, I try to tell the people I, I mentor around here is, what do you do between gigs that matters? You know, what what, what did John Travolta do, to, do for 10 years before Pulp Fiction? What did Josh Brolin do before uh, he came back in the, the country for old men? And, you know, there's that dash, you know, between projects. and Nobody knows how many, how many close calls and what you do and, you know, you live a life, and when you grow up in public at a young age, you live life backwards. So I, you know, I learned it took my twenties to go, and you know, when you've been famous and had a lot of money in the bank and and done stuff like that, like nothing really impresses you. So you kind of like, I mean, I left the business. I wanted to be a carpenter. I I went and fucking became a cowboy for a little bit. I went to this and just was like, I went to get a life. And um, so uh, and then you know, wrote plays and did this and played music and gradually came back to the entertainment industry because I was told that as a character actor I wouldn't work till I was 40 anyways so why don't I go get a big life and so that's what I've done and you know I've sold a few things and as a writer and, and then you know I'm very active in the in play development world uh, I've worked for a filmmaker or two doing script consulting and selling projects and like most writers in Hollywood none of the things have actually been made but somehow once in a while you make a living at it you know Fair and enough. then I still act and uh, do auditions, and I teach kids, and I bring writing labs into rehabs, and I try to uh, take my skill set and actually make a difference on the ground, kind of like Gordon Bombay. So in a weird way, I, I end up becoming a little bit like Gordon, where I, I take my skill set and, and try to bring it to, uh, to you know, uh, at-risk youth or this or that, and, and share some of the gifts I've been given, and that makes me, that definitely fills me up in between jobs. Fair enough. And last question here, and we'll wrap things up. I, I always ask this for people that have been doing this for a long time, but for you, what do you think your legacy as part of the Ducks franchise is for people? What do you want your legacy to be as part of the Ducks franchise? Mine? Yeah, you. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, you know, Coach made me the captain for a little bit, or he said, oh, he was thought I was the captain of the Ducks. And I was like, oh, man, that was like the highest honor I think I ever got. Because um, he felt like I was a grinder. He said that was a term that Keith Magnuson had for the Blackhawks. Keith Magnuson wasn't the uh, the world's greatest hockey player, but he was the captain of the Blackhawks for a while because he uh, he worked the hardest, you know. And uh, he might have been not the nat- most natural gifted uh, hockey player, but you know he sure did. Uh, he grinded it out, you know. And, and anything anybody who's listening who is following a dream, whether it's a sport. Because athletes and artists are very similar, man. The odds are stacked against them. And, uh, you know, if there's anything I could say is, like, uh, you know, um, that it's a grind, you know, and that what it takes is to endure. 
so I think those things are the things that matter. I mean, that's what it means to be a duck. You know, we uh, yeah. you don't give up. You know, you might get beat twelve to nothing, but then you come back and you somehow pull off the miracle. So those are the things I care about. Fair enough. Well, Matt, where can people find you, if anywhere, anywhere on social media or anywhere people can find you? Yeah, I'm not the world's greatest social media guy, but I'm on. I have a website, and that's my name, Matt Doherty, D O H E R T Y dot net. Uh, there's all kinds of links to what I do and what I'm about there. Um, there's you. That's a good hub. I am on Instagram, and that's at Archie Doman, A R C H I E D O H M A N. So that's on Instagram. I don't do the Twitter. Um, because don't, uh, don't, don't. <laughs> let me just say, let me just say, let me just say for the record, fuck Twitter. I agree. Fuck it. I actually They actually encourage writers, agents encourage writers to get a Twitter account so they can get a, a track. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's, I just want to learn to write, man. <laughs> fuck you. You know, it's funny. I say this yeah, all the time. So I'm not, I'm not show. on the Twitter. Yeah. I say this on my I'm not on the Twitter. If I didn't have to do promotion for our podcast, I would not be on Twitter. Would you leave it at that? Oh, yeah. I didn't have to do promotion. Yeah, so, I don't. I uh, I kind of like flying. Under, I like flying under a little under the radar, and uh, and then. Uh, but yeah, I'm on the. I'm on the. Uh, and I'm on Cameo. So you can definitely find me on Cameo too. So that's that's a cool thing that 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 allows like for people to get little videos and stuff like that. That's cool. Well, thank you, Matt, for taking the time out. This was a lot of fun. This should not to be a lot of fun. Thank you so much. No, I appreciate you, Blake. Thanks for doing uh, dissecting the movie five minutes of time with some obsessive level of detail. <laughs> you know what? It takes a certain amount of crazy to do what I'm doing. Trust me, it does. <laughs> All right, man. Go uh, uh, stay warm, and I appreciate you making time and uh, uh, ducks fly together. All right, I let, I let Matt go. Thank you all for listening to um, Defy the Mighty Ducks. Of course, we're part of the Filling the Void Podcast Network, and... I'll be back. We have another special, a hey, special coming up on New Year's weekend. I'll leave it at that. It was the show that was supposed to go up today. I moved it to New Year's. And then, as we talked about, we'll be back for season two on in April. On WrestleMania weekend, season two will begin. And I'm so excited to talk about D2. But, again, thank you, Rod Dowdy, for coming on the show. This is a lot of fun. And um, I'll see you guys in the new year. Have a great holiday season. And um, as he said, ducks fly together. Have a good one, everybody. And when everyone says it can't be done, ducks fly together.